welcome to the uh, YouTube podcast, episode number eight zero, the big 80, 40 times two. We're here talking uh, about the new tour coming up in less than a week, depending on when you listen to this. It might not be happening tomorrow. It might be a week from now. And I'm joined by, uh, on the podcast today, by, to my left, <laughs> right, depending on how you're looking at it, the world. Colin, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you. And uh, then next is uh, Mr. Matt McGee, right mid-sip of water. <laughs> Always catch them when they're... <laughs> have we really done 80 of these? I know. <laughs> is that how it feels? Chris has. Yeah. Actually, I have them. There's... I haven't oh, been no, on yeah. Man hosted it a little yeah. while ago. There's a he? couple there's a couple that I hosted. That was when if you look at the analytics, it just takes a nosedive right <laughs> <Yeah>. down the <laughs> And uh we're f- joined by not Mason Merritt. Welcome Hello. Back. How are you, Mason? Or should I say goodbye since I'm not Mason Merritt? <laughs> I don't so know. It's, I, it's a very intriguing Twitter handle you have. It yeah, makes me want to say, Well, who so. are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly not Mason Merritt. That that much you can glean from it. See? All right. So before we get a reaction against the real Mason Merritt, is there there an at the real Mason Merritt out there? Is that why you had to pick that one? (laughs) I honestly haven't looked. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure there is. My mind immediately went to joke. So yeah. All right. That's good. It's Twitter. Uh, Before we get too far down the road, I want to mention for anybody who's watching live on Twitch, we have our, our voting machine is back for titles and stuff like that. So during the episode, while you're recording, uh, while we're recording, and you're watching, you can, uh, in the chat, you can type uh, exclamation point S and then suggest a title, type out your suggestion, and then that'll get automatically added to a list. And then at the end of the episode, we'll all be able to vote on what we think the show title should be. And of course, any swears, any bad words, any derogatory terms towards Canada or you two <laughs> will not qualify for, <laughs> it's not a democracy, it's just a, a gauging of the waters, I guess, not... <laughs> <laughs> this isn't definitive polling, but uh, so feel free to do that as we go. So I can't, can I, can we, the four of us vote while we're looking at the, we have to be on Twitch. We can't be in this, the Mimo thing, right? Well, you can, mm. you can go look at the t- chat if you want to see what suggestions there are. And then, uh, but I can't type one here. Well, you could, yeah. If you wanted to. Okay. Don't stuff the ballot box. <laughs> McGee, come on. It does show who voted or who suggested the, the title. So if it's all okay. 30 vo- uh, suggestions by Matt McGee, we'll know very quickly. Well, hopefully we end up with something interesting during the conversation, because if we end up going with suggest a title as the title, <laughs> which is what you just suggested, I think that's a pretty lame title. And that will yeah. really tank listenership for this. Show. <laughs> and I'm from Illinois. So right. I'm automatically, I should not be trusted with any sort of voting procedure at all. <laughs> We're all yes. the states, so we're just, I'm just going to abstain, keep my hands clean. I assume that's some sort of U.S. political joke that I don't understand, but we'll, we'll <laughs> just, <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's just, the yeah, Kennedy's just Google Illinois and you'll just get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three of our, three of our last four governors are in jail, so that'll give you some, okay. uh, <laughs> Speaking of politics, we'll just briefly mention, then we'll move on very quickly. Uh, Bono was uh, with met with George W. Bush. George W. Yeah, that's the the second one, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was awarded an award, and he had a conversation, which you can find the link at at u two dot com. <laughs> and uh, we'll just leave all the any other political discussion to uh, Facebook chat groups, wherever you happen to be, and you can. But here's the thing about universal health care. Um, <laughs> Come to Canada. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. That's a good one. So in the, for this episode, uh, oh, also we're going to mention just in brief, if you haven't already checked it out, the At You 2 news brief uh, is a brief catalog or ca- capture of uh, the news of the day from uh, At You 2. So you can check that out, anchor.fm slash ATU2. And it'll be, what is it, five minutes at most kind of thing of whatever U2 news is, is of most importance that day. Otherwise, I think Matt just fills it with the sound of his dog. That's <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> eating eating his dinner. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully there's U2 news to check out. So um we're going to jump right into the roundtable and actually just do it, call it a, the mailbag edition because we had a bunch of good questions from folks and all about the tour that's coming up in a little while here. Less Is it less than a week now? I've, I forget which I've been following Sherry's tweets for how many? One people. week from tonight. Yeah. As yeah, a week from tonight, I'll be in Tulsa at on the GA floor getting psyched. Your very, 
your very first time seeing an opening night, right? Yeah, yeah. So excited. Nice. Yeah, we should maybe just preface this with uh, which shows right now, as it as we record, anyways. Which shows are you planning to attend, uh, Colin? Which what on the tour? Where are you headed? Well, I, I have my show for, I mean, my tickets for Chicago one, and I'm really holding out for some kind of GA ticket drop for Chicago two. This is the first. I'm I'm really on pins and needles because this is the first time I've ne- I haven't had a ticket in advance for a Chicago show that's what less than a month away now uh so i'm a little nervous but i'm i will be at chicago too somehow i may be up in the rafters but i will be there i will be in the building and matt who's now where did matt go I, so i'm i'll i'm i don't know what shows i'm going go i don't know what shows i'm going to at this point so okay okay mason which which shows are you going to so uh at the aforementioned tulsa in just a few days now uh new york city one and new york city three and maybe number two but i'm not sure gotcha and i'm uh both both Montreal shows. I think I mentioned in the last episode, but um, looking forward to that. So, um, first of all, we had a little. I don't know if this is considered a leak or maybe it's with the uh, consent of U2's management. I kind of doubt it, but <laughs> the the chef, the kitchen staff, the folks running sort of the what's it called the catering uh, catering. Right, that's the word I'm looking for. At in Laval, the guy who owns that business tweeted out or Instagrammed, I guess, posted some photos of the stage and the screen. So, oh, we should also mention <laughs> we're uh, very spoilerific this episode. So we're not going to hold back. We're not going to pause halfway through. We're just going to, at this point, it's a week before the tour starts. If you're still trying to abstain from uh, tour news and stuff like that, uh, you might want to just shut off the episode and, and listen maybe in a week or whatever when we'll all look like idiots because the tour will be underway and we all the stuff we've thought might happen didn't or vice versa. So, um, okay. That being said, the screen looks very much like the innocence and experience tour. I would say, right. You, you actually didn't see it myself in person. So you guys can attest to whether how familiar, or I mean, it's a, I mean, it may as well be a snapshot from the innocence and experience tour because the, the photo is of, uh, the animated sequence from a song for someone. Uh, so it's not, which we know they've been rehearsing, so it's not a surprise. Um, but it is, uh, you know, it's kind of not a surprise just looking at the photos like, well, I've seen that before. Um, so maybe they did leak it out, but they just didn't want to leak out something that's new. You know, that makes sense. I think it's, I, I, I think that's there's, I think we should refer to the, the gentleman or company that posted that stuff as their former caterer. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure that they didn't want that out there. That's, that would just be a guess. Yeah. Um, but I did not know that, that, that song has been rehearsed. I'm not totally avoiding spoilers. I'm kind of avoiding spoilers, which I, so I should not have volunteered to be on the podcast tonight, but there's, <laughs> there's certain things you're that, done, you know, man. just, that have just well, sprung to mind. I, well, well, you're going to have no. to post the videos from Tulsa. So you're going to get spoiled. So, yeah. well, the thing is there, it's not, like I said, I'm totally avoiding like, Somebody in our Slack, like a few nights ago, said, "Wow, if that's you know, if the set list they rehearsed tonight is the actual set list, how great it is!" And like, I haven't seen like when it was U two song was posting stuff, right? And so I think like on the second night of of rehearsals, that's the only night that I've actually clicked to read. And it wasn't like a full set list; it was like five or six songs. And then in our Slack, I've seen you know another five or six songs get mentioned. So that's. So I kind of have this vague idea of what's been played or what's been rehearsed, but I have no idea like what a set list might look like or anything like that. So anyway, that, that's where I am with spoilers. And and yeah, I'm guessing that's their former caterer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he did get manage to get a picture with Dallas holding a guitar. I'm, I'm going to assume maybe one of Edge's guitars uh, in before he was probably, well, he posted it after they had left Laval. So I guess, yeah, it's safe to say he won't be back probably next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll look him Lesson up on learned. LinkedIn when I get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that uh, we has been sort of launched or officially launched by you two, uh, and I don't know, Matt, if you're avoiding spoilers on this, but the the augmented reality app that they sort of talked about and teased that they're going to incorporate somehow into the tour. Uh, they released an app for iPhone and Android um, yesterday, I think it was now, and. Uh, 
earlier this week anyways. And uh, so you can download the app now. And actually, as we record on Twitch, if you're watching the live stream, you can point the app at our live stream, the video, and it'll enact. Basically, you just have to point it at the album cover for uh, Experience and Songs of Experience album cover, as Matt does right now, to test it out, see, prove me wrong. Um, No, it works. It works beautifully. It's it's like it's like Bono is on the podcast with us. Yeah. (laughs) So ask your questions real quick because he only shows for about thirty seconds. (laughs) What do you smell like? You Get can it? No? smell his torso. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, What are your guys' thoughts on this AR app as it sits right now? Anyways, has everybody played with it already? Did yes. it work for everybody? I guess I, too. Yeah. Did it work yes, for everybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I'm time. just most curious about how they use it in the show and how they're able to communicate that to everybody because I can just see half of the arena knowing exactly what to do and then the other half saying well what how is everybody doing this why does everybody have having these effects on the screen or whatever i i don't know i communication is always going to be an issue unless they hand out like little index cards to everybody walks in says hey this is what we're doing or maybe if they turn on the screen and have like directions or something like that uh logistically I i have problems with it but maybe in a few weeks word will have spread around so by the time they get to new york Everybody's going to know what to do and they'll get used to it, I suppose. I've got a lot of mixed feelings about it. On one hand, I love stuff like this. I love new technology. I love that they're incorporating stuff like this into the show and make the, making the audience part of the show in, in a way that they haven't really done before. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. They've done stuff like this, variations of stuff like this, but the technology is new. And But what I, I, I presumably, I think uh, we're the plan is to have something at the very beginning of the show uh, where you're supposed to point your phone at the screen as the lights go down and the show starts. Uh, I, that's my understanding of it from what I've read. Um, hopefully I'm, and I'm kind of hoping that changes because when the lights go down, I mean, um, <laughs> I'm not going to burst you into song. Yourself about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Actually, um, because the adrenaline is rushing. Your favorite band is coming on stage. Do you really want to get to your struggle with the phone? And go, okay, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? And, it, and is it working? Is it working? No, I want, I like, I want to jump up and down like a maniac when, you know, the mm-hmm. four guys take the stage. Um, yeah. So like, I, I, you, you kind of need that energy to get a concert going. So, um, I, I think one w- thing to do maybe would be better to do like what they had did for innocence and experience where they had that intermission section where a song is playing, you know, like ah. either the wanderer or the fly, um, which depending on which show you went to and have that part be the augmented reality part. Um, you know, just to, just to kind of break it up a little bit. I think putting it, something like that at the beginning of the show is going to confuse some people and not, it's not, it's going to kind of ruin the energy a little bit, but then again, they might, it's, I'm basing what I've read of kind of how they're going to do it, but that might still be, they might still be playing around with that. So, yeah, there is the, uh, the fact that <laughs> say this carefully, but like YouTube's audience is getting older and technology for <laughs> older folks can sometimes be confusing. And well, the median age of this podcast is what, like thirty-two, or something like that. <laughs> you have to say that again. Matt didn't hear you. His <laughs> oh, oh, oh snap! Came on. <laughs> no, I, I do think, for speaking from a societal sense, uh, just looking at the macro, I guess I think people are a lot more attuned to technology than we might be giving them credit for because you know how walk down the street and count how many iPhones you see and you're going to 90% of cell phones are or of cell phones are going to be iPhones and people are more and more every single day getting sort of getting the hang of it uh like my my mom has and she's in her late or late 40s I think she has an iPhone and my dad has a flip phone you know so if you just kind of take the middle People are adept to smartphones and they can probably uh, figure it out, especially if you're going to a tour like this where you have your uh, paperless ticketing and your live streams and all that. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem to get everybody sort of up to speed. If they don't have the app already, 
And then let's say whatever, there's 30,000 people and half of them do and half of them don't. And then all those people go and frantically try and download or even on their way in, like stadium Wi-Fi is terrible and cellular in a stadium is often terrible. So I, I don't know. I'm I, like, we're not saying stuff that you two hopefully hasn't and their management haven't thought about. Like, it's not like they'll get to the show and be like, oh, shoot, <laughs> we didn't count on <laughs> nobody having the app already or whatever. That's kind of why they sent it out already in advance. But even that, like they, right. they sent out, uh, it's on the, on youtube.com obviously. And I think they sent an email to, if you're on one of their newsletters maybe. And, but then, and obviously, you know, fan sites picked it up, but as of earlier today anyways their twitter account hadn't tweeted anything about it like well okay so well on on so two things on on the the promotion thing number one um they will you know before they get to every city they always do this sort of little press availability with it used to be craig evans from live nation he's not there so it'll be somebody else sherry knows the name i can't remember the name but there's always they always make press available they make somebody available to you know do a little quick interview uh, about the show so i am sure that that will be like the number one topic of discussion and the local media will pick up on this within the you know three days or so uh before each show and i think the national media as the show, once the show, the first show happens and this becomes this crazy new thing, blah, blah, blah. Then I think the national media, uh, you know, the music media, especially Rolling Stone, Billboard and so forth. I think that will further spread the word. And then I also, I just, I just assume that they're going to use the screen to advertise it. When you walk in, there's going to be some sort of thing on there that will, or there'll be some sort of in arena advertisement telling you, Hey, you know, download the app, you know, for an augmented real experience. So I think they will certainly promote it and try to increase, uh, attention and use of it. But even with, I'm sure, as you guys have been saying, there's still going to be some percentage of folks that a don't care, B can't get connected to download it or C, you know, whatever, just aren't in the mood for that kind of thing. And that's fine. It, you know, it, mm-hmm. it won't be, something that everybody has to, to participate in. Um, but, and, and then the other thing I think that, that I think about it when I, when I watch this, you know, you play it and, the, and he pops up and he starts singing. I think that's the beginning of the concert. I think that's how the show's going to start. I think there it's, you know, it goes dark or whatever. And there's the album cover comes up or something comes up on the screen and we, everybody points their phones and Bono starts showing on the screen singing or, you know, the pre-recorded version of love is all we have left. And then those of us that have the app, we actually see the augmented reality thing with the, you know, the 3d kind of stuff and everybody else will just see him on the screen. And so anyway, I just, that, I think that's how the show is going to start. Yeah. But I mean, that's what, they, that, that, that's what they, that's what, that's what they said. Right. I mean, they said it's the, yeah. as the band takes the stage and through the first song. So I think that's gotta be the first song. Yeah, but like, right. what's the difference in shooting off of your off of the album cover, like the vinyl or the jewel case, or just your laptop? Is it going to be that much better to see him? Yeah, I don't know. The mushy T-shirt Bono singing in, in the arena than is, <laughs> is at home. That's a new one. <laughs> and if you're up against the rail and looking at the screen, you know, from a weird angle. I mean, I tried it last night with the album cover, and you really do have to be straight ahead when you're aiming your phone. So if you're like off to the side and you can't really get a good vantage point of the screen, uh, you know, it's not really, it's not going to work. <laughs> I think that's my guess. Thank you. Thank you to Sula, by the way. <laughs> Suggested mushy t-shirt Bono as a show title. <laughs> all right. It's working. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I think that's all interesting. And I, I'm with Mason. I think it feels like it's a gimmick for gimmick's sake. It doesn't feel like this great, cool, like, innovative thing that they're going to do in what we know right now. Maybe they'll blow our minds and it'll be amazing and all that kind of stuff. It feels like a little bit like here's AR. We can say we did AR and it looks like we're, <laughs> we're hip and cool with the kids and stuff. And I don't know. Well, yes. It won't to, make so, or break to that, No, it won't. But to that, to, I think Chris, to the, the one thing I'd add to the point you just made um, is that this is the first tour ever for you two fans that we will walk in on opening night and have seen everything before, right? Every other tour you go to, you want to see what the stage looks like. We've never seen it. We want to see what the screen looks like. We've never seen the screen before. There's nothing going to be new. There's no woe factor when we walk into the arena on this tour because most of us, many of us, will have seen it two, three, well, three years ago. So I think that is probably what's compelling them 
um, to want to do something right out of the gate that differentiates from what we experienced or what we saw three years ago. Um, yeah. I'm just a guess. Yeah. I wouldn't kill my <clears throat> vibe, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that idea Anybody of doing it during the audition. Also, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> Mason's out. Uh, All right. No. Now, I think they're going to have something. They're going to have something other than VR, something maybe we're not expecting or some cool new usage of the cage or or something. I, I doubt that their whole gimmick or their big project, I guess, is going to be the first song and then out or but oh no yeah i know i agree I, I i'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty of new stuff throughout the show but i think i think they're very well aware that we're all walking into an arena and seeing something that we've seen before which has never been yeah. the case before with a new tour uh, i'm still holding out that the cage is going to do some form of projection and spin it's not going to be a huge <laughs> image anymore That's like the technology is there like i've i've played with it in school a few years ago that you can create stuff and with holograms and all the crazy stuff people are doing i think the cage there's more to the cage than is being let on the screen i should say more than meets i think chris was just alluding to it you're alluding to it like spinning around like during the shot that would be cool yeah yeah why not that would be a sweet uh the fly or mysterious face paint yeah All right, let's get to some of the questions from listeners. We've, we've said we had a bunch and we're halfway through the episode and uh, we're just getting to them. So Liz <laughs> had asked uh, question. I remember covering this, I think, before the previous tour started too, but um, question for the YouTube podcast. If you wanted to try and catch the band entering the venue before the night of the show, like, um, you know, for autographs and stuff like that, and you see people taking photos with the band before and all that kind of stuff, what time do you need to do that to get out and meet and greet with fans. There's, there's a chance she'll be there early enough to try and she's never done it and has no idea what she's doing. She's referring to the Newark Prudential Center, but obviously I think it would apply generally, obviously, unless there's other uh, things they're up to or whatever as a band. But is there any tips from, have you guys lined up by the cars or whatever when they're coming in screaming Bono and trying to get an autograph? Uh, I, I've done this at the United center where they have a nice little grassy area by the, by the entrance. And, um, there are people who get out there really early in the morning. Um, if all you want to do is, you know, get an autograph or, or take their picture, um, you know, you don't really have to get there that early, but they tend to arrive, you know, between, between like, uh, like two o'clock and three thirty in the afternoon. Um, that's usually about, I mean, in, in Chicago anyway, that's been about when they arrive, uh, maybe a little later, but, um, it, it, I guess, I mean, you know, you're, you're I don't know if, unless you <laughs> dress provocatively or have something interesting to say, or, or just you do something or have something that really catches their, you know, their attention in some way, you know, you're, you'll, they'll, I mean, they're very nice. I mean, they'll, you know, I've gotten, we've gotten autographs and, um, shake hands and everything, but sometimes they don't have time for that. Sometimes they're running late and they have to get in there for the soundtrack, uh, sound check as soon as possible. So you got to be ready for that. You know, be prepared to be disappointed too. If they, if that's disappointing to you. Um, yeah. Or in my case, in the case of New York, or they have to run inside to film a documentary that nobody's ever going to see. So you got to keep that into, <laughs> take that into account. Not that you're bitter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I did some minor stalking. I got what I wanted to do. So I didn't. You know. <laughs> How are you, Matt? Have you ever lined up on the? Track I have not press the flesh. No, but but you just. I mean, it, you just whatever arena it is, you just you just get there and ask someone at security or other fans where is the loading entrance. That's typically where the yeah. band goes in, and there will, as Colin said, there will usually already be a crowd of people there waiting, and yeah, mid afternoon sometime, and good luck. And you got to be, I think, a little bit aggressive or like politely pushy is probably <laughs> the best way of if you really want to get. Oh, yeah. But there of- are people who I mean, I remember last time I, I went out there for during Innocence. Uh, I mean, there were, you know, people who are lined up at, you know, at, you know, pressed up against the fence. And then a few people trying to kind of squeeze in between at the fence. And they were just getting really aggressive. Like, no, I, this is my spot. Get away from me. Get away. Back, back. And, and, you know, and I was like, there's I, no need to do that. But. Uh, you yeah. know, people get very protective of their spot. 
Yeah, and I think I've heard that if if it is like a like too aggressive or unsafe or whatever, then the band's security will say, "Look, they're not going to stop because it's not a good situation." Yeah. So it's yeah. in everyone's best interest to just take a chill pill and relax. Yeah, Sula in the chat says it's whenever soundcheck happens, and Sherry said if there's too many people, they won't come out. Right. So yeah, yeah, common sense yeah. kind of stuff. So. Um, but yeah, if you're going, especially if you're going to a couple shows in either different venues or whatever, it's, you know, maybe worth checking out and trying. So, um, at Tim Jahar said, asked, uh, during the I and E tour, how hard easy was it to see things on the screen from GA? I'll be the asker. Cause I wasn't on the I E tour at all. I'll be one of the folks experiencing it all for the new first time. How hard was it? If you were up close to the rail or where, wherever, somewhere in GA, I guess, even far back how hard was it to see the, the screen uh, i've never been up against the rail for i and e i've always been a little bit back you know by more 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 by the seats and i think that i had no problem seeing but uh yeah i guess it 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 would be a little harder to see if you're like right up against the ramp um it's not it, i don't know if it would be as clear but because presumably there's still like at every show, at least any show I've been to, there's like the rush to get right up close to the stage. But with the, this stage set up, there's sort of two stages, kind of like the B stage and the main stage. And and then presumably that still happens. There's still a rush to get to those close spots or whatever. But then the sort of sound booth area, like what typically would be in a normal concert venue with just a stage at the front, like Joshua Tree. Is there still a sort of a pack of folks there, I guess, that are hanging out, chilling out back there? No, I mean, this stage pretty much extends to the back of the, of the arena. I mean, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of, uh, room for a ton of people between the, uh, arena and the, and, you know, um, actually, actually now I'm thinking about it. I can't really remember where the sound booth was. Was it in the back of the arena? I can't. No, the sound booth and all the, the, all the Willie and his team, they're all up, uh, like at the suite level. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's not, a, so, it's not on the floor at all. Oh, right. right. Uh, I, for my second NYC show, I was in the dead middle between the I and E stage at the very front of the rail. And like, uh, like Sherry's dropping in the comments there. Uh, I, you did kind of have to crane up and get some major neck stiffness to see the mm-hmm. screen. But I, with my first couple of shows, seeing them overall, I couldn't care less about the screen. Really? <laughs> I would, I was much more interested in the band. And then the first show I went to was up at the rail by edge. And I kind of you if you're up there and you have like a if you can see down the entire screen, you don't get the clearest picture of all the animation that's on there. But you can see uh, I guess if Bono's in the screen kind of going back and forth. But um, the I guess the further back, the better if your goal is to see the screen. If your goal is to be close to them, then uh you're you should be close to them but if you want to see the screen hang back a little bit and there's usually a lot more elbow room i know on the you know the 2015 tour there was usually enough you know maneuver room as mason was just saying or as not mason was just saying that you know fans would you know knowing that okay the band's about to move out to the to the second stage then everybody would go out there and so yeah, you, you can kind of maneuver your way through and, and you know, make, give yourself enough room to see whatever you want to see, you know, throughout the night. Yeah. And also, please be aware of your body, too, because I'm <laughs> five foot eight. Uh, I can't. I think Sherry has also mentioned that she has a uh, vision problem sometimes. If you're six ten, and I only say this because it happened at New York City. If you're six ten, for the love of God, please hang back. <laughs> you're not missing anything. And yeah. you, you'd be able to see much better when people who aren't that tall can't. So just to note there for any of our enormous pl- uh, <laughs> listeners that should be playing basketball. <laughs> any big, pet, one thing. big pet peeve of mine. People, um, There's an episode title. <laughs> one thing I wish they would, that I maybe, I hope that they kind of fix uh, is for people who have seats in the back part of the arena where they're facing the main stage, but they can't really see what's on the screen, have a monitor up or something that shows what is on that screen. So the people who paid pretty good money for those seats have an, at least an idea of what's going on in the show. Um, I think they do part for the, of the upper balls. Like, they, I've seen, they, I've I seen screens. There, yeah. Well, I mean, I was up there once, uh, you know, like third tier, uh, you know, 
kind of fa- you know facing the, facing the stage pretty much, not really seeing much of the screen. And the presentation up there on the monitors was not it did not include that much in the way of of screen content okay. for people who are you know who would like to see the whole show and the whole you know all the artistic choices that went into it. They're kind of missing out on on stuff right. up there. So I hope they fix that. Yeah, Sherry's saying the monitor is only focused on the band and it's black and white, not color, no focus on the screen. Yeah. Which it is an interesting thing. Like if you were at a, you know, uh, that's where like going to the theater or whatever, you would expect to be able to see the whole screen or the whole play, regardless of where your seats are. And it, like even like Sherry was saying, I think earlier, if you're up in the E stage area um, or the I stage, I guess, whatever it'll be called this time, but the at the end of that, you're not going to see anything on the screen because you're going to see right down the barrel of the cage i guess basically um, yeah and so yeah you're just it's just kind of like that you just hope i guess for a good uh, blu-ray version of the show that comes out after it's all done yeah. to see the parts you missed if you're only at one show and the uh let's see next question at ken cunningham three said do you think the reported longer set lists on this leg are because you two maybe is unsure of how many tours they have left or bono has become more confident in his voice i think it's uh maybe column a or column b um but uh Matt, you, you got a, a smirk. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> what, the final tour, I, final tour ID? You mean? The, the longer, oh, quote, longer, longer set list. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'd love to know what, because that was what, that was Willie's quote in, or no, it wasn't even a quote. It was Rolling Stone saying that that was what the plan was. And I just, you know, I just, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I think. I, you know, U2 is not Bruce Springsteen. They, and a zebra does not change its colors after 30 years together. And so I, you know, they play a two hour and 15 minute, two hour and a half. If you're lucky, if they add some stuff, I, I don't expect anything more than that. So I'm, <laughs> well, here's I, so, so I'm not answering, I'm not answering any questions about longer set lists until it actually happens. <laughs> but, but here's an option C for you that I don't think we're considering, but I, it's, I think has some merit to it, huh? Um, is that I think they like playing arenas more. I really do. And you get closer to the audience. There's, uh, you know, like it's more intimate. And it's just, maybe it's just I'm saying as an audience member that I enjoy arena shows more, but I just, I've always gotten the impression that they like arenas more. Because with the stadium, there's just so many people that you don't really get a sense of the room, I guess. And with arenas, you kind of do. And that maybe leads to, yeah, well, let's bust out Party Girl. Or can we fit stuck in a moment in somewhere? I like that song. You know, the crowd's going to dig it. Yeah. it. Maybe that's the optimist in me, but I, I do think that that does factor into it a little bit. And they are and they are really sprinkling in. I mean, I'm looking at one of the rehearsal set lists right now, and they really are sprinkling in the war horses at really, you know, uh, smart places uh you know to you know there's you know maybe three or four songs that maybe only the fans know or i mean the you know the the diehard fans know and then they throw in elevation and then a few more that maybe only the fans know and then they throw in uh uh vertigo and you know so i mean i i think i i, I agree with matt that i i really don't think that the set list I'm looking at right now is going to stick because it's just like, that's a lot of songs for a U2 show. Um, I would love it, but uh, I, I, they are U2's in this respect are very good self editors and they know, like they know they can sense when a show is lagging or the audience's level is lagging. And so they, they change stuff around from night to night to keep the energy up. Um, especially, I mean, some of these songs, you know, that they're, they've been practicing, uh, you know, are not audience favorites, but, um, you know, but hopefully, you know, they're, I I don't know. I, I I would love to see a set list like this stick, but yeah, I'm with Matt. I'm skeptical. (laughs) uh, Matt, if you want to cover your ears for this one, the sort of major spoiler, I guess, of the set list that they practiced anyways on the 2020th, I guess it was, is there's no streets. Which I think yeah. I where when it was we discussed this of when the last time was that they, they've ever played a show without streets. Um, I'm just going to assume Matt's still muting, mm-hmm. and and so it would it would just be interesting to see if they actually did that, like if they had the whatever guts or the whatever you want to call it, depending on how you look at streets, I guess. <laughs> Your mic's still muted, Matt. If you're talking, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So they have not re- they have not rehearsed that at all. 
Not, uh, I don't look like it. Doesn't yeah, nothing. So. Which again, I can't it, believe they're actually doing it. That's they could just insane. pull it off without, I'm sure, without much rehearsal. Which then it kind of feels like, well, if they just do that, then they're not actually trying something different with it. I don't know. Anyway, so well, again, last time, I mean, I mean, you know, with Joshua Tree tour, it was the big cell phone moment of that show. And that song, that's a song where they're used to seeing people jumping up and down and being really energetic uh, when, you know, when that song kicks in and on Joshua tree, it was, wow, look how big the screen is. Look how red it is. I'm going to take my cell phone and take a picture. And nobody was like, you know, I mean, there was a wow factor. Certainly people were, I think, stunned when they saw, you know, the images that were on the screen, but uh, it, it, it wasn't quite the same reaction that I think that they're used to with that song. And I thought, you know, maybe they're just kind of done with it for now. <laughs> it was also earlier in the name? show too. So go ahead, Mason. Can I, yep. can I name drop? Oh yeah. Go ahead, Matt. This, yeah, I think it was Monday night or maybe it was last night. Um, I sent off, like we do it. It's become like a little tradition that we do this interview with Willie Williams right before the tour starts. And he finally agreed to it. And I just sent off the questions, like I said, last night or maybe Monday night. And I told him, I said, now, listen, I have been mostly avoiding spoilers. So some of these questions may be really idiotic. So don't make fun of me. Um, but I said, do you, do you feel any freedom to not play streets? Do you feel any freedom to not play the Joshua tree because of last year's tour? And so that's kind of interesting that you, I will now be very curious to see what he has to say about that. Oh, right. Uh, I thought you had They're to actually, answer. I was waiting. I was like, oh, no, I haven't. No, he hasn't. Even, he, no, he hasn't. He hasn't answered. The, he hasn't sent the interview back yet. So, but that I feel, I feel somewhat vindicated that I included that question. So that's cool. <laughs> Yay! Your, your head in the sand paid off. This time. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one other uh, question. Tim Jahar actually asked, well, this is the uh, subtitled will be the Tim Jahar show. He sent in a bunch of questions, which are great for helping us uh, sort of bounce off of for discussion. But the uh, regardless of whatever her- rehearsal spoilers. So I guess Matt, in your case, especially you can answer this really well, but what songs would you like to hear and think would fit this experience theme this go around anybody right off the top well i mean songs that fit the experience theme are i mean i can think of a couple that would be great but they'll never do them um a song like summer rain i think fits the experience theme uh gone um and i kind of wish they hadn't already done the uh the wanderer bit and the first tour because i think this is the tour that it would fit in perfectly. I mean, maybe they'll do it again. I don't know, but, um, but I think, you know, those three songs came to mind when, uh, sure. With, when I saw this question. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with gone. I think that is a kind of a perverse version of the showman. It's a much more cynical, if that's even possible, I guess when say cynical, I would say it's more, it's probably a more angry version of the showman. So maybe those two Ooh. cancel each other out or because showman's newer, it supersedes it. But, um, the other, the only song, the only other song that came to mind immediately when I read this question was "The Fly," which I believe has been rehearsed. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, there is a line towards the end of that, and I have to look it up. And uh, a universe exploding because of one man's lie, and not to you know point fingers at anybody directly, but there is definitely a feeling of like a crisis of truth, I guess, to not sound too pretentious, <laughs> going on with the. <laughs> with the way that Facebook and Twitter have kind of been, well, Facebook more so than Twitter, been in the headlines for, and how uh, information has become kind of muddled. I think the fly has a lot of re- relevance when, you know, the world is so black and white when you're a kid and innocent. And then when you get older and you get experience, you realize how complicated just about everything is. And so I think that that as an experience song, that it definitely has a chance um, and then also who's going to ride your wild horses just because I can't get the baby version of that song. You're innocent. I'm experience out of my head. So those are my three. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree with what Colin, I, the wanderer to me is, is all about experience and I would have listed that, but I actually want to, I'll, I'll, I'll include that in my answer to Tim's question in 10 minutes. <laughs> And that's ambitious or I'm optimistic look, I'm, that you I'm looking forward ahead to the other yeah. question and so yeah <laughs> there you go it is i was gonna just jump off what mason was saying where the act tongue as an album even is just hard not to like draw a lot from that album as this experience kind of album that has a lot of points that they could pu- pull out of and and um 
there seems to be a fair amount of it in some of the rehearsals and stuff like that. The fly certainly would fit in the the times that we're in anyways, for sure. The fly would fit very well and uh, would be a lot of fun to sort of play with, I think, on the visual side, but obviously also the the music and the sound. So, And it's also uh, my second favorite U2 song, but that's, you know, for another day. KQ, KQ Knits. I don't know. Knitting fan of U2, maybe. I have a question, <laughs> and this is shouted. Uh, why in the world are the boys not practicing the little things that give you away with about five exclamation points, question marks? This will once again be the ultimate sing-along song now that more people know what's up. I need it. Hashtag I need it. So yeah, spoiler. <laughs> so they're not practicing it. I did which, not know that until I read that question. <laughs> you were warned. You were warned. I know. That's all right. Uh, and so, which leads you, it's just like this weird kind of like thinking back to the Joshua Tree tour, they ended with that song and maybe it was just like a way of sending us off into the next tour and they'll never reference it again, but it does feel odd to like yeah. promote that song as much as they did. And then just kind of like pretend it didn't happen. Kind of like episode one of star Wars, but <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what do you think, Matt? Your your immediate I, reaction? No, that, that's. I think that I agree with KQ Nits. I think that is very strange that they would not include that, and it makes me wonder if maybe they're like doing some things out of public view and public hearing. That I don't know. That just seems really odd. Why would they not include that? Because a, it's like one of the best songs, if not the best song on the album. But anyway. That's opinion. And maybe, maybe they disagree. Maybe they didn't like the way it came across live last time. I don't know. You see, but this is the perfect opportunity to roll it out because I think as great as Little Things is, the worst thing they could have done was present it the way that they did. And I've said this before, so uh, but I the the last song on JT30 should have been Summer of Love. It's a summer concert. It's a kind of stripped down, fun little song. And Little Things is just, it's so heavy and you just don't get you don't get the feeling of that song with a couple of with a couple of spotlights a couple of blue spotlights at the end of JT30 it needs to be i don't want to say i know this is going to come off as heresy to some people and they might get mad but this i think a little things could have had could have replaced uh streets as like the moment of a show just the way that you build it up and and not choreograph it but like just create a set design and like a visual sense and everything about it that I I think they get they have to roll it in at some point. <laughs> Ow, sorry. <laughs> they have to roll it in at some Mass point. Just quit just, the show. Yeah. That could have that could be the like the moment of the show that we all come away saying, you know, blackout and blah blah blah. That was all fine. But that little thing when they played little things, that was pretty spectacular. But I do think it'll it'll pop up. Maybe in rotation or maybe they find a way to fit it in. But I am just as confused as you, uh, knitting person, uh, whatever. KQ knits. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll shelve the discussion of whether little things is equal to streets, I guess. Maybe I'm not saying it's episode. equal to streets. I'm saying it can have like a very cinematic right. kind of presentation that like, oh, wow, cool. I agree with Matt. I think that's it's it, it, they probably didn't weren't crazy about it live and it, it could be it could just as well be a momentum killer during a show just in terms of the pacing of the show and where to put it i mean again i'm looking at the set list i was like well yeah, where would you put it in the middle of all this i it's hard to say yeah sherry said in the chat do you think it's too emotional of a song when you blend in other songs of innocence songs of experience sorry songs that are already emotional uh at tom haverilla asked with all the callbacks to songs of innocence on songs of experience do you think you two will play any full songs from songs of innocence on the upcoming tour if so which ones so i don't know how we answer this so tom has made referencing spoilers like me yeah <laughs> i hope he's not listening to this then because then it's definitely they have practiced songs from songs of innocence so spoiler there i guess tom sorry if that's the first time you've heard that and uh cedarwood road raised by wolves uh see chris the cool thing coming into this is that when we started talking about the experience in innocence tour i think the the unanimous idea was if they're at least going to play every breaking wave because that's like bono's favorite song and it's the one that they seem to love the most but they haven't to my knowledge at least it's it's very odd you have great handwriting matt i gotta say (laughs) i know (laughs) Matt's holding up belated spoiler signs. So anybody who's watching the video is actually like five seconds too late with the spoiler. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, really? Oh, I, got, I need to predict what you're all going to say and hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it there. Whole time. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler. It, it gets rid of the glare in your glasses. but It does, right? Spoiler, Matt. I'm giving you a... There you go. Thank you. Um, no, I mean, they're like not just rehearsing, you know, just certain songs from I and E, but they're like rehearse they're basically doing whole segments again i mean it's that's the weird thing it's uh you know hopefully they'll you know maybe bring more life to them yeah we know um (laughs) but uh but yeah it's it'll be interesting to see what they do with these songs this time around hopefully something new yeah, like you referenced at the beginning of the show, almost the, the the photo we have from the stadium from rehearsals was basically song for someone's visuals on the screen. And so yeah. if they haven't updated any of those visuals at all for this tour, then yeah, there it's it feels like it's a lot of ways segments anyways are gonna just be replicated, which is just an interesting there's the the whole discussion that was hap- that happened when uh, Songs of Experience came out and there's lots of callbacks to the previous album and stuff like that and the debate of like was this on purpose? Is it lazy? Is it whatever? And we kind of I feel like settled that of like it's interesting and creative and fun and but a whole tour that has <laughs> chunks that are copied or replicated from a previous tour is kind of no. different territory and i think it's it's not the u2 experience tour it's the u2 experience and innocence tour i think you have to yeah. there has to have some sort of carryover from the yeah. previous installment it's like in a movie sequel are we just gonna yeah we have you know the new batman movie starring batman but is jim gordon not there is alfred not there why wouldn't you have them there they were in the last one you know why start from scratch when you have a nice foundation to build on so and i just by the way combine my two favorite things so go me there we go <laughs> <laughs> there's also the the aspect of like with the joshua tree tour being sort of stuck in the middle of them and and not necessarily planned that way when they started the innocence and experience tour originally maybe and so this is kind of like just part b or side b or whatever of that whole tour in the joshua tree thing is kind of a little blip in the middle and in 20 years we look back and we'll be when we're still podcasting about you two <laughs> we'll remember that as uh, just a nice, yeah, it's like leg three and four instead of a completely new tour is what Sherry's exactly. saying. So, all right. The, uh, the question I know that's burning on a lot of folks mind. Yeah. Uh, get a neon uh, spoiler design, Matt. Tattoo it on your face. Especially yes. Tasula. <laughs> uh, it's too bad Tasula isn't on this episode to talk about this. Cause I know she has lots of thoughts and feelings about it, but, uh, at oh, Tim Jahar's final question was, uh, can you all talk about why Acrobat is so desired? It's my least favorite song in acting baby. So I mean, genuinely curious why so many fans want to hear it and uh, matt had his you you wanted to run well, with this one yeah i well i wish tasula was on the podcast as well but she and i feel the same way about this song so i believe i can speak for her because we feel the same way as tim in that it's i don't know if it's my least favorite song i just don't think it's going to be as great as everyone has built it up to be for the last 30 years that they haven't been or 27 years or whatever that they haven't been playing it live. And I've probably said this on previous podcasts or whatever, but it, I think it's going to just come across like the way electrical storm came across when they tried playing that on the 360 tour. Was it, I think, and they played it like four or five times and they were like, this just doesn't work live. And so I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't get the, the, well, I get, I get, I don't personally share in it, but I get why it's, I think it's because A, that's the album that most fans, at least the online fans, always in our poll have always voted that to be the, the favorite album. And that's the one song from that album that has never been played. And so it's kind of got developed over the years, this mythic thing. And it's, you know, God, if they ever play Acrobat, oh my gosh, the world will shift on its axis and all this sort of stuff. And I, I don't share that. Um, but th- this, uh, this goes back to that previous question. I saw it, it had been rehearsed, and I think when I, the, one, the one article I looked at from very early in the, the Montreal Laval, Laval, is it pronounced Laval? Laval. 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 English Canadians per- pronounce it, but. Okay, Laval. The, the, the one arc that I saw from there, there was Acrobat, and it had also the ocean, you know, extreme rarity from the boy tour. And I thought that those, that that's interesting because to me, those are two of, the most autobiographical songs Bono has ever written. 
Um, I think if you look at, you know, if you look at the ocean with, I thought, the, you know, the world would listen, if they would listen to me, you know, I think that is like pretty much describes him throughout the 80s. And I think the line in Acrobat, uh, I must be an acrobat to look like this and talk like that. That to me is what he has been saying for years about his life. You know, if you go back to the Innocence and Experience Store, when he does the thing where he talks to himself during Bullet the Blue Sky as his younger self. And there's all this, you know, he sees, you know, hypocrisy or inconsistencies. And this is not what, you know, my younger self expected you to be. And all. that to me is just summed up in the line that I must be an acrobat to look like this and talk like that. And so I think those are two of the most autobiographical songs that he's ever written. And so I think those two songs fit in really well with this new album, which is probably the most autobiographical album he's ever written. And then to get to bring it back to what Colin was saying earlier, I think The Wanderer is also a totally autobiographical song. And so I would love, I think that would be a perfect fit as well. So anyway, I don't know if that answers Tim's question, but I think for me, at least that may explain why it's, this is the tour that they're pulling it out because that line and the autobiographical nature of it fits in with everything else that's, that I think is going on. Yeah, and I'll speak as somebody who really loves the song, uh, whether or not it works live. Like, I mean, we won't know until, like, I would have guessed that they could have figured out a way to make Electrical Storm work live, and then they tried it, and it didn't. And depending on how they, the the version that we, there was a version we heard that somebody recorded, you know, outside the stadium or outside the arena, and um, that performance of it, what little we could have uh, or hear, to me sounded good. Like, it would be a good song pulled off live. It actually has echoes a lot of, not totally lyrically, but echoes the feeling I think of until the end of the world and could fit very well in that slot even, or something like that. Um, and so as someone who likes the song musically and lyrically, I think, I think it could work. And I think that's why it is uh, the optimist in me, I guess, thinks it'd be exciting to see them perform it both for the reasons that it's never been performed just for the to be able to say i was there at that show where they tried it in montreal and then they never played it again maybe or whatever um (laughs) or or to have it pull off and and go well which like i said i i believe they could do it whether they figure out a way to do it that's what remains to be seen i guess i i i I just i think the album version to me what I hear on the album doesn't sound like something that will translate live. Now, if they change the album version up and figure out a way to present it live, you know, some new version or different version or whatever, then, then sure. I I think that I'm open to that for sure. Yeah. If I can jump in here, uh, when I first started listening, no, no, okay, sorry. All right. (laughs) never mind. (laughs) When I first started listening to these guys, uh, Acrobat in my first run through of all their music, it was like in my top 10 favorite songs immediately. And I only found out later that it was this uh, mythic sort of creature, I guess, just sitting there and, you know, the the toy on the top of the shelf that you just can't can't quite get to. And I think that's the heart of the song. I mean, I, I agree both with Chris and that I love the song and I think it would work and with Matt and Tasula uh, about how it's been built up for so long. How could it possibly live up to it? And I just think it's, it's a classic case of people wanting what they can't have. And once they get it, they are all right with it. But either it's going to be a letdown or it's like going to be opening a present on Christmas morning. And <laughs> most likely it'll fall somewhere in between. But I'm excited to hear it. I think it, I've heard 10 seconds of it on like a, a grainy Facebook video. So I have no idea what to expect as to if they change the structure or anything or any of the visuals that go along with it. So uh, and if they play it once and never again, then I can hold that over people's heads. So, you know, <laughs> no, I would be, I feel like the same way that little things was like a dud, but then they could figure, they figured out a way like uh, later on with Kimmel on the Kimmel show and other places to like actually do it. I feel like that's how Acrobat could come out where it's like they play it. They try it once in Tulsa or wherever, and they do it in like this, they don't build up to it. They don't have a, you know, it doesn't fit thematically. It's just kind of like plopped in the middle so they can just say they did it. That would be, I guess, a disappointing way for Acrobat to get played, I think. But uh, I feel like thematically they could really fit it in somewhere, even if it's just like part of it or whatever. Um, and and it could work, pull it off really well, especially the Edge solo in it and stuff. is just like, would be awesome to hear. 
yeah, I think that's what will sell more people on the live version of this when it gets to yes. Edge's guitar solo. I mean, come on, you're talking about some of the. I mean, these are this is great musicianship from all four of these guys uh, when it gets yeah. to that part of the song. Um, it's a it's a complex song, you know, rhythmically and everything. And uh, yeah, I just think this. I think they know that a lot of fans have been clamoring to hear it because it is that it has that mythical status of being the only song on on you know arguably arguably their greatest album that has never been pl- played live. And it's just you know they think okay, well now's the time to try give this a try. You know mm-hmm. uh, these fans have been very patient with us and our set list. So maybe for them we could try this. You know maybe not every night, but you know when they're doing multiple n- nights in a city, uh, you know maybe do it the second night. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. It might, I could see it becoming that kind of song, that sort of switch out song. Um, but I'm, I, God, I want it to happen. I really do. <laughs> I just do. I'm so ready. For I seriously it. get chills even just thinking about like the, the baseline just kind of kicking in. Yeah. The intro of the song. Like, I don't know how, what this <laughs> sounds like fight word, fighting words, I guess, but like what kind of YouTube fan wouldn't love to hear Adam kick into that baseline at the beginning, just like filling the whole stadium. A bad one. That? Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> a bad YouTube fan would not want to hear that. <laughs> There's a good. That's a good title right there. A bad YouTube fan would not want to hear that because the, yeah, no. somebody suggests that that should be the winner right there. You can have the fight with uh, Pasula and Matt in the Slack chat after Mason. And you know, hearing the MP3 video or like audio of this song being played again, we just need to remind ourselves that. It's that's only half the battle. The other half is how you present it. And I I know I kind of have a rough idea of the songs that are being played in kind of the order, but I by no means couldn't rattle off the entire league set list. But if memory serves, they did put it in a pretty good spot uh, behind one big song and then in front of another big song. So I, I and you don't need the spoiler. I don't know. I I can't remember which way, which way. It's Vertigo and then Acrobat and then you're the best thing. So it's it is a weird pairing. Wait, I feel like a, to go. Yeah, I thought there was. A t- I thought I could have sworn <laughs> Fly and Into the End of the World were in there somewhere. But maybe really? maybe there's another. This is the set list at least from the April twentieth. So yeah, um, but where where is it in relation to Salome? Because I know Salome and <laughs> pops up somewhere. <laughs> oh, that wasn't on this set list. I know. I've just. I want somebody out to be like oh, Salome, and then just, is it before oh. or after Stateless? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Slug is that? It's Stateless is by Slug and your Blue Room. That's there. That's the East. Yeah. Gotcha. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then Gavin <laughs> Friday comes out for Big Girls Are Best. I think. Sure. <laughs> that was that was <laughs> incredible. The show we all want to see. I think. <laughs> I mean, they get Patty Smith out there to spit on some people, and then you got a show. Then you got a show. <laughs> <laughs> there's about four titles there okay i think that's a good time to to wrap up the episode uh in terms of other stuff coming up besides the tour starting in a week there's the uh, u2 conference happening in belfast and you can find more details about that at u2conference.com as the site quickly loads for me here and uh check it out there get tickets and head over to northern ireland in mid-june so i'll be going to montreal and y'all can go to to belfast and check out the youtube conference hold on did anybody i i, I spent I, I spent a good two hours waiting in line saturday morning did anybody else get the uh oh the record store day record store day release of um lights of home with the uh did with not. the back remix on it anybody else How was the back remix button? have you heard it uh well i heard it once uh, cause somebody posted it online somewhere and now it's gone. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, but you know, like the main change that he made with the song was that he took the end part of, you know, free yourself to be yourself and made that the chorus of the song. So you hear that uh, more. And then, uh, and then the, the, the chorus that's there now becomes a bridge. So he kind of flipped it around a little bit, but it's still, it's lights of home is one of those songs. that has been remixed twice now, at least twice. And I think it's just one of those songs you can't screw up. You know, it's that mm-hmm. good. You know, mm-hmm. how about Mason or Matt? Did you guys pick up the records? I no. did not. No. All right. Sorry. One out of four podcast hosts on this episode picked <laughs> up the record. <laughs> so I guess we should also hand in our YouTube fan card <laughs> at some point. 
<laughs> uh, I just haven't taken the plunge into record collecting, and I know if I did, I'll just I would dive off the deep end, and then my kids wouldn't be able to go to university. So, and Sherry says we'll be giving away one of those at uh, our Tulsa event, which is also coming up around the Tulsa show. <laughs> in case you're not aware, uh, at u2.com is where you can check out. All the details on that that's coming up. Follow, of course, the Twitter handle, twitter.com slash ATU2. If you do Twitter, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ATU2.com, and then instagram.com slash ATU2.com. Where can folks find you, fine gentlemen, if they wish to disagree with any of your sentiments on this episode or otherwise? Uh, starting with you, Colin. Uh, at Colin underscore Suter. That's capital C and capital S for Colin Suter. And Mason? Uh, you can add not Mason Merritt on Twitter, or if you come to Tulsa, you can say it to my face. I dare you. I'm imposing. I'm five foot eight, pale, 140 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. And I'm going to cry when I hear Acrobat. So don't, that can't be a show. That can't be a show title. So just so you know, don't nominate that. Yeah, we should, probably shouldn't have t- uh, titles with spoilers in them. Uh, Matt, how about you? Where can they find you on Twitter? I'm at Matt McGee on Twitter. At least for another week or so. <laughs> I'm Chris on Twitter, and this has been the episode 80 of the uh, good, the good stuff, the At You Two podcast. Uh, you can find links for this, anything we discussed in the show notes here at goodstuff.fm/slash/atu2/slash/80. And I think that's it for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for those who tuned in live. Thanks to Bono and the Edge. Which is why Edge and I have taken up miniature golf. And we will see you again next episode.